0: Hello and welcome to A Bit Above podcast. I'm Audra. And I'm Hadassah. And we are two average women living oceans apart. Our show displays a reachable lifestyle where we work to be better versions of ourselves in our day-to-day life. We know that the constant strive for perfection can lead to anxieties and disappointment, so we make changes that enhance our lives without giving up the things we love. Join us each week as we chat about motherhood, positivity, feel-good stories, relationships, and everything in between. On today's show, we have a really special guest. Her name is Megan. She is coming on to share her story. She has done blogging over the past, how many years? Eight years? Did I make up that number? Is that correct?
1: It goes back to 2014. Do some math, carry a one. We're at year seven. So, you know, we could at least say the last six, seven years, maybe even longer
0: glad we clarified that she has a really interesting story and i think there'll be a lot to choose from on what you might feel like you can relate to or people you know can relate to that and so you might understand your friends or your families a little bit more so um megan is also a b-teamer for those who know what b-teamers are I know when we have guests, we talk for a while, so we'll make this part really quickly so that the rest can have the time it deserves. We're going to bring on Megan now, and she's going to share her story. So thank you everybody who's here to listen, and let's talk to Megan. I just want to say I love your pimp and Joy shirt. Oh, thank you. It's the first one they
1: ever made. Is that sure older than your blogs? Because I did some Googling behind you and your blogs go back to 2013. They do.
0: Yep. Well, how are you, Megan? Like, how's it going? I'm good. I have kid free time right now. So good. <laughs> well, we decided to surprise you with a little game because ain't nothing better than an ambush. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And we figured that it's a good way to get to know you before we start talking. And I have not read it. It's a game of Never Have I Ever, which don't worry. It's, nothing that exciting okay nothing (laughs) too risky but it's the mom edition and instead of doing that you answer if you have or haven't done it we're gonna guess if you have done it or not but I have not I have not seen what it is yet I just googled to be honest never have I ever mom edition I pulled something up on Pinterest so I'm going to ask you every question and the worst thing if you don't like it we can edit it out afterwards but I'm still gonna ask you the questions okay let's do this (laughs) okay (laughs) amazing i can't wait okay Audra, are you I'm jealous ready. that i have the list so you don't i know you're dying to know. yeah
1: because i have no idea megan i'm gonna be just as surprised and sometimes the stuff that comes out of Hadassah's mouth i'm like what
0: <laughs> okay well the first one is never have i ever dozed off on the toilet
1: has megan ever dozed off on the
2: toilet
0: i'm gonna say yes Okay, I'm going to you? say no, because I think Megan needs to listen to Headspace before she goes to sleep. And, and I don't think she falls asleep that quickly. I'm guessing this based off of zero knowledge that I have, but this is my guess, okay? So who's right? i you're right. I am not. <laughs> you will not got up in the middle of
1: the night. You know, you got to do whatever nightly thing and all of a sudden you're just like, girl, I got to
0: take medicine to go to sleep. Me too. Me too. So, Audra, have you ever done this? Because I don't think you have either. I think you also have to put yourself in sleep. I have
1: not. However, I do have a picture of my niece who has fallen asleep on the toilet when she was like three. She uses blackmail now that she's in her 20s. Oh, that's
0: amazing. Well, here's the next one. Never have I ever ran an errand to get away. I already know she did it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. My face. I've done it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I had, I should have loaded up my winning music like ding, ding, ding.
1: I think it's a rite of passage for every mom to at least do that. If not once a week, once every other week to get away.
0: Husbands got that from the minute they're born. They already got that. They're like, Oh, you're saying that if I do X, Y, and Z, I don't have to take over the kids on it, on it, going to the store, going to the bank. (laughs)
1: Mr. Volunteer, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I couldn't even get you to get up before I had the baby. What is happening now?
0: (laughs) Okay, this one I think is sweet. This one says, never have I ever been so proud that I teared up.
1: Never have you been so proud that you teared up.
0: Like, emotionally? (laughs) Sweet, no? (laughs) Like, Like, from your kids? Or just in general? I guess we have to ask Mr. Pinterest or whoever posted this. (laughs) I I would say from the kids, no?
1: Okay, um... (laughs) I would say Megan has.
0: I would say yes too, but if she doesn't, I'm gonna feel really bad. The <laughs> <My> answer. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I have. Oh good.
1: Yes. Oh, wait. So Hadassah, you saying that? I laugh because I pick yes because
0: because what I love my
1: kids? But they do not make me that proud that I have teared up. And I had a daughter just graduated high school <laughs> just last month. It was great. I was like, do I need to buy you suitcases for your present? Like, what can I do to help you move to college? <laughs> Beyond ecstatic, but I didn't have tears. I mean, maybe I should. But I mean, I've seen tears from
0: you when it comes from, to your kids. I just don't know if it was about being proud. <laughs>
2: My no. oldest didn't walk until she was two and a half. So when she started to walk, that's when I was, I was very proud and happy that Aww. I didn't have to carry her. So <laughs>
0: That is a sweet story. And also a good reason. <laughs> yes. Thank God I don't have to carry you. <laughs> never have I ever gotten bitten by my kids.
1: By your own kids?
0: I should hope that this is what it's talking about.
1: <laughs> no. I'm going to say no. Audra- I never got bit by my own kids. Just an FYI. It was not my own kid that bit me once.
0: Okay. No, yes, Mike. she did because when they grow teeth, they bite. They're animals. Okay, well, have you? Yes. Yes, I have. yes, right. And by other children. I used to teach swimming
2: and they used to bite me. It was
0: awful. <laughs> this one is nasty, but never have I ever caught um I saw it's puke, but I'll say vomit in your hands. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes because
1: because, again, that whole infant stage, I, it must have happened.
0: I'm going to say yes because she has some signs of PTSD on her face when we ask the question. I have done spit up, not actual okay. vomit. But yeah, I could probably catch my own vomit if that actually happens. Right. Never have I ever Googled your children's symptoms. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. Okay. I have all the
0: ingredients. Okay. It's a mistake. <laughs> yeah. People say all the time, don't
1: do it, but yeah, we're all there. You do it.
0: <laughs> and here's the funny one is the next one is never have I ever lost sleep because of the results you found while doing it.
2: Not a good question.
0: <laughs> it's obvious. I think that's just a continuation of an assumption that yes, you have lost sleep after finding out about a lot of illnesses on the internet.
1: <laughs> 12 things came up that none of them apply to yeah <laughs> every parent and it's person, always the answer oh don't worry webmd you're all dying everyone's dying on webmd i don't care what you got you got a splinter it's gonna lead to death somehow
0: Google. <laughs> oh yeah and i know i shouldn't be like saying this boring story but my husband has some blister on his toe and he googled it and he was telling me his treatment plan and I was like, why don't you go to the doctor? Because it's growing in pain. And he was like, oh, no, it should clear in a few days. And I was like, what? <laughs> Everybody does He's it. He's like the eight steps to a healthy toe. <laughs> I probably should have gotten permission whether or not I should have talked about his toe.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds like his toe was fine. I think we're all good.
0: <laughs> okay, on to the next one. Never have you ever screwed up your child or children's name.
1: Once you have multiple children, heck
0: yeah. I bet that she actually called her kid by her husband's name or her husband by her kid's name.
2: I actually, I've mixed up two of my kids' names. Like Just recently, I started calling them by each other's names by accident. But besides that, I've always gotten their name
0: pretty well. What about your animals? Do you call them by your kid's name or your kids by your animals. Yes, yes. Okay, yes that is true good point yes. thank you never have i ever use your kid as an excuse so i'm oh. gonna say no i'll tell you why because oh wait no she has everybody does no my kids oh sick. My i can't man. come to work <laughs> nobody else has <will> done that
1: <laughs> my kids are too i'm gonna say i probably did because it sounds like something i might have did like you know one of those days when you don't go to work but you bring your kid to daycare and you kind of just go right back home set an alarm go pick
0: them back up what do you think i definitely have yeah okay i'm a huge
2: introvert and like i'm like let's make plans and i make plans and then the time comes i'm like oh that's not
0: yes raise your hand if you've ever done that okay yes (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes oh but or just not making the plan altogether so you don't have to <laughs> back out of yeah, it yeah that's
1: true i cannot well, confirm said plans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was this moment a week ago where my husband took off a day of work and he said that he was gonna you know make an excuse i really hope that his israeli boss does not listen to my podcast i don't think so but um <laughs> he doesn't speak english so probably reassuring i told him i was like Aurel, listen to me I'm always the excuse. I was like, do not tell him that I'm sick. You have to blame it on the daughter if you want to do this because I've already been there too much. He one time told his job that I slipped and fell in the shower and hurt my foot. <laughs> <So laughs> no, they think I'm someone that falls in the shower. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm going to hell because I said that I need to pretend our daughter was sick. <laughs> okay let's move on never have you ever fought off laughing at your kid that has definitely happened right yeah yes i said yes that that was it yesterday the day before my
2: youngest son does not like being told no he'll like throw food on his on the floor and stuff and we look at him and say no and he just starts like super sad face big tears and starts crying at the top of his lungs and I just turn away like try not to laugh I'm like
0: you're really this dramatic right now <laughs> really one last one never have I ever said parenty like things to adults like you know go potty or something like that <laughs> that's <I> the- <laughs> wait wait that's the example that they use <laughs>
2: okay <laughs> yeah, I definitely have so whatever <laughs> You just add the, you know, E
1: sound at the end of any word, and it automatically is like (laughs) on its meaning.
0: (laughs) Where are you from? Are you originally from Texas? So I was born and I
2: grew up in El Paso, but it's not my favorite thing to say, so... (laughs) Uh, We moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area when I was probably 11, 12. And then uh, from there, we moved to Austin area, specifically Leander, Texas, probably like my junior year of high school. And then at some point, my dad lived in Houston. And so I would travel to Houston. So I say I lived in Houston a little bit too during the summer. And then my dad's job downsized. And that's when we moved to Austin.
0: Wow. So you've really been everywhere in Texas. Basically. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, Texas is so big. I lived in Dallas for like four years and it's so big that it feels like when you go to Austin or Houston, like it's just a whole different place. Besides for they're still so proud to be in Texas, <laughs> to be from Texas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You said you were moving around a lot when you were younger, but then turns out when you were older, you also moved around quite yes. a bit. So I guess explain to us, like, why do you move around a lot?
2: Because my husband's in the military, so he is an officer um, in the army, and we move usually every few years, I guess. So we met when we were in when he was stationed in Texas at Fort Hood, and I was living with my parents at the time. And we met online, which is a weird story that my actual parents did not know we met online until the date, the night we got engaged. I finally told them, and it was the serious moment of my life. <laughs> my dad didn't talk to me for like the rest of the night it was quite hilarious but yeah so we got married and then shortly after we got married we moved to georgia augusta georgia and we were we were only supposed to be there for six months and then it turned out luckily uh we stayed there for four and a half years this is because of the
0: military right like this is
2: because of the military yeah when we moved to georgia i was very deeply in my eating disorder at the time. So it was a really good thing that we uh, stayed there for so long. So I got continuity of care and stuff. But then we moved to Tampa for two years and we moved. We were just in Alabama for 11 months. And now we are in Washington state. Did you have to stop and think for a moment? Where am I?
0: <laughs> what state am I in? Yes, I did. <laughs> How long have you been here? Like for a while now or re- are you moved here recently? Washington, sure.
2: uh, we moved here about a month ago. Wow.
0: Yeah. When you, I guess, were getting married to him and you knew that that would be a possibility, no? That you'd be moving or? Yes, I did. Did not realize how much it would suck. But yes, (laughs) it it has pros and cons to it. So it's good. Yeah, it definitely tests your ability to like, is it like immerse yourself? Like reintegrate? Reintegrate yourself? One of those Yes. Yes, those words to like a new society. You're going through your process. Um, what was, I guess, one of the challenges and one of the positives you said there's good and bad of moving to different places.
2: The positives is that you get to experience a new area and you get to meet new people. I think that's cool. The challenges for me are just my oldest daughter, she has some special needs. So she's has sensory processing disorder. She was born at 33 weeks. So she's been delayed ever since she was born. She's pretty much caught up now, but she definitely has some needs that or need to be met. And she's been in therapy. She has seven different specialists right now. So getting that set up and finding new doctors and stuff like that is rough. And then for myself, it's finding a new therapist each time I move. I think that's the hardest, that's the hardest thing for
0: me. How is it going? Like you said, you're a month in, like, how is it going now?
2: It's going. <laughs> uh, oh. It's, we haven't really gotten out much. So uh, we were doing a lot to the house we had to paint a lot of it and stuff like that. But we've met a couple of neighbors, which is big for me because I tend to like stay inside the house. I have actually met the neighbors on either side of us and they invited us to a 4th of July party. So that was fun.
0: Official. Uh, yes. Okay. No. Yeah, love it.
2: I started the process of setting up appointments and stuff for my daughter and my son and getting her registered for school. She's starting kindergarten this year. So I'm getting stuff situated. I'm kind of
1: envious. So where you both have talked about moving around in just the different cultures. Like I live in a tiny state. I haven't ever moved from my state. I literally moved to the next town once for three years and then moved back to my hometown. It's like three miles down the street. Like, I don't know, like other than when I travel about for like vacations and stuff, like an actual different like way of life. So having known the places that you've gone thus far, do you have a particular favorite or do you think Washington will be your new favorite because I hear it's gorgeous.
2: It's very pretty. I'm a Southern Southerner. Okay. I'm a Texan, but Southerner too. (laughs) My favorite is Augusta, Georgia. I still have some of my best friends there. I miss Augusta. I keep wanting to go back. So we'll see one day if we ever go back.
1: You can always visit
0: though, right?
2: Yes, I do visit a lot. It's going to be a little bit more difficult now since it's across the country, but yes, definitely.
0: On your blog that you have there's a post that you submitted on July 16th. I don't even know if submitted is the right word, but I just used it. And it's about the reality of PCS. Yeah. It almost makes me think of like, am that's why I keep saying the word <laughs> wrong? But, and I had to Google it. And then I, as I Googled what that was, I was thinking like, wow, there are so many people who know that word on the top of their head and live that lifestyle. So I think it'd be interesting if you shared a little bit about like what that is. What, is it, what does that mean? PCS is uh,
2: the acronym for Permanent Change of Station in the military. I'm sure there's other areas, too, that they use it. But it's basically you're just going to a new duty station. So you're just moving for a longer period of time. There's times where somebody will like go TDY, which is Temporary Duty Station, I think is what the, the acronym for that. Or not the acronym, but the words used for that one where they only go for like six months and then they go back to their permanent station. This one's where you, you move everything and you live there for a year or more or whatever. It gets complicated.
1: (laughs) I mean, this PCS is a real thing, especially in the military life. I mean, whether your parents grew up in the military and you're a kid that's growing up, having moved around or, you're married into it and you're doing it directly, you know, it's kind of neat to get that perspective because I grew up with a military family, but they were already situated to wherever they were going to be. Nobody was doing a whole lot of moving around anymore. Yes. So it's interesting to hear of your moves and how do you cope? Have you become a Tetris star, you know, at the whole packing of a moving box or
2: whatever it is? Um, I guess, yes, I would. My husband is a little bit better at it. Especially with packing stuff in the car, so when we moved to Washington from Alabama, we took my husband's truck and then we took my van, and we also have four animals. So we we <laughs> drove across the country with two cats, two dogs, and two kids. But luckily, we separated them in the two cars. So uh, the dogs and my oldest stayed with my husband in his truck, and then my uh, one year old son and my two cats stayed in the van with me. So we were able to like separate it and make it roomy for them, but also pack all our stuff in there. The army moved most of our stuff. It's difficult doing that because the movers are contracted out and they are not the best people who take care of your stuff.
1: <laughs> Whoever was the lowest bidder, <laughs> go on. Yeah,
2: yes, yes. It was nerve wracking because uh, the, the packers that packed our house did not do a super good job. So we were nervous about getting our stuff here it was not as bad as we expected. So that's good. I feel like you don't really get it until you live through it. Cause I never really thought about it until I started actually living it and realizing how much goes into it and how much you don't have control over your life. And you have to learn to let that go and stuff is stuff. So you have to like, I get very sentimental about things and I have to learn to not be like that because it's probably going to get broken in the next move.
0: <laughs> yes. I was just sharing with a friend today because um, we both are Americans living in Israel and, you know, moving from this apartment to the next. And we were saying how like back in the day, you would think the more items you own, the more important you are, the more you have, the more rich you are in a way. Like people think like quantity yeah. is what makes you, I don't know, the best. I think that's an older mindset, but. And then you get older and realize that like, wait, this takes up a lot of space. And how many times do I actually use this? And this shirt, like I keep in my closet just in case I lose weight or I, you know, I'm in the mood, even though it's not the most flattering or it's whatever, it's still sitting there, like throw it away. I might need it
1: though. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Can I just say one funny side note that just happened this weekend? I go away a lot on the weekends because I'm like, I'm sick of looking at these same four walls. I need I need a new view. I decided to go to the ocean. Now, when I go to the ocean, I've got my pocketbook. I've got my tote bag that has all of my mom's supplies, though my children are adults and not with me on any trips. But just in case somebody else needs band-aids, lotions, creams, antiseptics, all the things, you, I probably own it in this tote. And then I have a beach bag. And I decided... Because everyone else kept telling me that I carry way too much stuff for a one-day adventure in two pairs of shoes, my I add. I carry way too much stuff, but I'm, I think I'm just over-prepared. I'm ready for all the situations, right? So we go to the beach. It's raining in 60s where I am. The beach was like 85 and sun blistering 55 miles away. Didn't know that until I got there. I knew it was sunny. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so hot out here. And Corey, my significant other's like, well, where, are you brought beach towels, right? I was like, no. He's like, but the beach chairs are in the truck. I'm like, they're always in the truck. He's like, you didn't bring beach towels? Where's your beach bag? I said, well, I listened to all of you tell me how much I bring too much stuff. <laughs> so I didn't bring it. I'm walking the beach with a black shirt on black pants with black shoes, <laughs> dying. Everyone's looking at me like, where did this girl just come from? I'm like- Never again will I listen to anyone else. <laughs> Too much.
0: Stuff. No, no, Audra, this yes. is no. not the message. You're supposed to have a balance of both of it.
1: <laughs> Clearly, this is a work in project for me because I have not found balance on the amount of stuff one needs to bring with them. You're a good example. Do you see? Is there an end time? Like as long as your <laughs> husband serves, that these moves will continue to happen on the different stations that he gets reassigned to, or is there like? retirement level after x amount of years and then you're like phew
2: by this year i know we're going to be in our forever home as of right now we don't know we're keeping it as when we got married we have talked about that so we we um, he's going to stay in as long as one it makes him happy and two how our family handles it so right now he, i think he has eight more years until he can actually officially retire i could be completely wrong because i don't really pay attention to that stuff um, I'm like a really bad watch. <laughs> well,
0: because the number keeps uh, changing as the years go on, like it goes yeah. down, you know. So how are you supposed yeah. to always keep up with the number? Thank you.
2: Like <laughs> some people are like, "How do you not know this?" I'm like, "Because I don't know. Wait, I don't. I don't have time to keep up."
1: If you're going by the rule of thumb of how somebody feels or how it affects them, then that's your time frame, and there is no date on that. Yeah. You know
2: exactly. I feel like it would be kind of foolish to just get out now if we have such he's been in for so long, like you have all these retirement benefits. So we might as well just stick it out for, like, it's probably more beneficial to do that.
0: Well, I do want to say that obviously we appreciate his service and what you're doing is almost like the unspoken story of what it's like to be the hero at home, you know, to move around from city to city. Like I feel this when I say it, because it's just like, starting over is there is a lot of good but it's it's so hard and to deal with life that is hard already and then to not have that stability of knowing like okay well we're here it takes a lot of strength and so obviously that makes you a warrior of your own so oh, you. uh, so that's awesome on the blog what what is your blog called home is where your boots are oh, that is the most texas
2: stuff yes, it I, is. Think of, I
0: love it <laughs> So is it your blog or do you do it with somebody else? It's my blog. So I do it off of Blogspot, I
2: guess. So it's home, it's are.blogspot.com, uh, I believe.
0: Yes, which will be uh, in the link in the description. Perfect.
2: Yeah, it's just my blog. I decided mainly it was going to be more about living the army life and it's kind of more morphed into, I feel like just everything, more of a recovery blog but also I still try and keep it with military life and being a spouse and obviously being a mom because I feel like there are three huge parts of my life and
0: one of the things that you do share which was very interesting is about your journey to recovery from your eating disorder and I know we had a conversation about this months ago when we talked when we first talked about how you know you want to share your story to people who are also in those kind of you know in, in this similar journey as you and so one thing I do want to say before we talk about that is how amazing it was to read your your entries from different years, you know?
1: I listened to your first post, your blog post, and then let me grab what one because I totally cried. Oh, she um, doesn't. Wait,
0: wait. She said she doesn't cry when she's proud of her kids, but she cried when she read this. So, this is this must be really big. If your kids are listening,
2: I'm sorry, guys.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they stop by like the 10th episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like once the uh, youngest graduated high school, she used it, I think, to get out of class. Like, I got to go listen to my mom's podcast right now. I need a timeout. Well, I mean, Um, you
0: used her as an excuse. So, technically, it's her turn. Only
1: fair. It was your your blog post that you shared. It was called It's Time. I cried. And I have this weird dude in a weird voice telling me the story of your words. But I totally bawled my eyes out. And I have no idea. Like, I think at some point I have thoughts. And I'm like, I don't know if it's I found what you were saying very relatable, or that I just felt very sorry. I have no idea. But I just have to share that I totally bawled.
0: The way you write is sometimes how we think. Sometimes you're going through a situation. Obviously, we're not going to be the ones talking about this. You will be. But real quick, you share your story in a way that like this is how you're thinking. Like it's so lonely to be going through these experiences that not everybody understands. And so having a blog, like I really hope that you continue to do this and Keep writing because it's so beautiful to hear that story. That And I think that maybe that's why you got emotional, Audrey. Like, I, I don't think you were feeling sorry. That's not your personality to really, like, be like, oh, I'm going to cry because I feel sorry for someone. It's more of, like, relating to the thought process that, that can go on. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm just speaking for well, you. Well,
1: no, no, no. You're right. So the the sorry part isn't, quote, unquote, like your standard I'm sorry for. It's like that you feel sorry yeah. because... I feel the same. Like the same thought process has gone through me in the way that somebody else could say something outwardly that you think inwardly. And then you just feel sorry, or you're feeling sorry because you're like, this person has gone through this. They're saying it out loud and I can relate to them in all these different ways. And so like the sorry aspect, you know, can be taken a few different ways, but I just was totally emotional through the whole thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, why am I bawling? Like, why do I need to find the tissues? Audra's about <laughs> to
0: start a blog. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, so when did you, at what age did you find out, I have an eating disorder, like I know exactly what it is. So everything
2: started um, when I was about eight or nine, but I kept it more of a secret of I kind of lied about why I wasn't eating and stuff like that. And it probably started because of like a lot of anxiety and stuff, but th- yeah, so it was around nine, but I feel like the worst I got when I, it, when it was, I was about 16. It was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. It was the first time I was hospitalized in a psychiatric
0: ward for like, uh, with that specialized in eating disorders and stuff like that. 16 is like the worst year for like anything. <laughs> Self-identity from the age of like, once you start re- thinking that you're an adult until you actually become an adult is like, it, it's just such a mind F, you know what I mean? It's like, you're already trying to figure out yourself, so it, I'm sure that was difficult. And then moving around, at what age did you start learning about how to start the journey of recovery? Was that at 16, or was that? Later? No, that
2: was definitely later. So I never really quite understood why I had an eating disorder. Like the therapist that I went to never really fully explained it to me until my husband and I got married and. I had relapsed right before we got married. And he told me that I needed to see somebody right after we got married. Cause like, I didn't want my family to know that I was seeing a therapist again. So I started seeing somebody in Austin for just like the couple months we were there. And then when we moved to Georgia, I found when I went to a, a doctor on base, they referred me to this eating disorder specialist who is an amazing person. He's an amazing doctor. And he is the one that actually let me understand like why I have it and understand my thought processes and why my brain is like this I'm not just weird like I'm not I mean there's times where I feel like I'm crazy and probably times where I I am crazy but this is how my brain works and so it was probably when did I get married 25 so it was wrong when I was like 25 I guess
0: yeah I bet there was not as many you know podcasts You know, YouTube videos where people share their stories. And that's why, like, I mean, I think it's so amazing that you want to share that part of yourself because it almost helps other people who are going through it who maybe aren't used to hearing it talk so normally. We all have someone in our lives who battled an eating disorder. And for me, like, I want to learn more about it so I know how I can be there for my friends a little bit more. And anyone who's listening to this podcast also can relate to either them personally or somebody else in their life. So either they learn it for themselves or learning it first to help somebody else. I read a
2: book by Jenny Schaefer. She has written two books about her life with her her eating disorder. And it's her first one was life without Ed. Ed stands for eating disorder. She is like my role model, biggest role model. I look up to her a lot. She probably thinks I'm crazy. I've met her once and she probably thinks I'm crazy, but is cool,
0: were you um, crazier than Lunchbox meeting the person from Team Mom? Oh, <laughs> that's the real <laughs> Oh no, just as bad, <laughs> it was bad, but yeah. So,
2: if she came out in the second book. She's actually coming out with another book for PTSD, which I'm excited to read about. But she just keeps coming out with things like she speaks very honest about her life and she helped me a lot. So, that's her books helped me a lot. That's kind of where I got my idea to do a blog is because. I want people to know that they're not alone because I felt alone for so long. There's times where when I write, I just try and just get it on the page. Like I, I just want it on the page and I tend to not go back and read through what I write because I just want it to one. I I'm a perfectionist. So I like to make things like make things nice and like I become uh, obsessed over it. (laughs) So I tend to not go back and read through it and write uh, what I write so that I just put myself out there because I'll probably change it if I go back out. When I go back and like change it and stuff like that. I've gotten a lot of compliments on my writing because I'm very honest and I know I don't have the best grammar and stuff, but I, that's because I don't go back and like refix my stuff.
0: Can you tell something to the person listening right now who has a friend who is on their recovery journey? I guess, can you help us learn a little bit more about how we can help you? I feel like
2: it's different for every person because every person's recovery is different. But I feel like the biggest thing I feel like that helps me the most is to just listen. Even there's times where, because I've always kept everything internalized. So I'm trying to learn to vocalize what I'm saying instead of keeping it in my mind. And because if it stays in my mind, then it sounds more real and it it just starts building. So I've learned to speak it out loud, even to my husband. and it, sometimes my husband tries very hard. <laughs> uh, there's times where he tries to fix the problem, or there's times when people are like, that's not right, or blah, blah blah. I'm not saying it to tell you like that I, I I don't want you to fix it. I don't want you to tell me that I'm wrong or tell me something different. I just want you to listen, and I'm trying to just get it out of my head so that I can hear it because if I say it out loud, then maybe it sounds false when I say it out loud, or maybe it sounds dumb when I say it
0: out loud. I think a lot of people are relating to what you're saying about just needing someone to vent to, and then also having to wonder how they're going to receive the information that you're sharing. Cause you, you want the person to know like, Hey, I'm okay. I'm sharing the story because part of me doesn't feel okay in certain areas, but I'm good. I got a good head on my shoulder. I just want to share, you know? And so I guess that's a good tip to be a good listener to friends who are struggling because, you know, you can't fix everybody. You can't, Change Can't. a story that you have never lived. And so, yes. listen, listen, listen. I love that. Yes, definitely just listen.
2: Um, even, and then don't make the person, I guess, feel crazy because we already feel crazy. So, it's, like the way I see myself logically, I know my brain tells me and shows me that I'm bigger than what I view or than what society views. So, there's times where I will make a comment on my body, and my husband's like, You're just crazy. Oh, or somebody will say that. I actually don't know if he's ever said that. So don't get mad at me for listening, babe. There's times where I just need to say it so that I can just not feel crazy in my brain because
0: it's too. This is what girlfriends are for. But sometimes I'm like about, I'm in the middle of a story and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why did I even start this? I should have just called Audra. <laughs> like- I've done that. There's
1: definitely times where you pop on, you finally get to that person and like, Can you just have a moment to vent real quick before any other conversation comes out of my mouth? And then you're like, huh, oh, I feel better. Like
0: to do to do. Carry on. Do you have people in your like a social life or family that can relate to what you're going through that you feel like you can share all the good and the bad?
2: I do, yeah. I just have some really good girlfriends that are really obviously some of my best friends that I can go to for anything, but also In Augusta, I did a National Eating Disorder Association walk. I coordinated one and uh, the very first one in Augusta, actually. And because of that, it helped bring some people together to start like a support group there. They are an amazing group of women and I still join the support group online if I can. It's been a lot more difficult (laughs) being three hours behind them now. It's nice to be able to have a group where you can go and just say all these things that people will think that you're crazy for saying but that they completely understand because there's times where it's really hard to eat. And people are like, I don't know why it's hard to eat. Just eat your food. I'm like, it's not as easy as it sounds. So to be able to vent and to sometimes even joke about it. Like I like to joke about my recovery or my eating disorder. Sometimes my husband and I do it all the time. It's nice to be around a group of people who get it. Do you have some thoughts, Megan, that you would be able to share
1: some of the thoughts that maybe go through your head that you have to, Kind of play the, the mind game with with like, well, that's a dumb thought. I don't need to be thinking that because that's what I tell myself. If I have because my anxiety is through the roof, I literally have to say my brain is just being dumb. Like
0: silly dumb, not not dumb, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a work in progress for
2: me, like stopping my brain. It's just because I've done it for so long that obviously like, I need to stop my thoughts and be like, is it not right? Or your thoughts are dumb right now. Like we went out to dinner for our eight year anniversary the other night and I had a cheeseburger which is a huge fear food for me I also had a cider which having drinks that have calories in them is hard for me too and then I had sweet potato tots and while I was eating them all I could think about was like how many calories are going to be this like how much weight am I going to gain from eating this or like having all these calories right now like people are probably thinking I'm like being fat because I'm eating this right now and then I had to stop myself and be like, first of all, you're on your eight-year anniversary dinner. Secondly, like, you need to pull it in, be in the moment with your husband. Secondly, nobody's watching you eat; Nobody cares that much. And third, it's realistically, you're not going to gain weight from one meal. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And it's a burger. Like, it's not going to kill me. At one point, I told myself, I'm like, just because I feel like I'm going to die from my anxiety from eating this, I'm going to be alive tomorrow. And I'm going to start all over. and. I need to make sure I stay on my meal plan and make sure I eat my three meals and two snacks a day. I can't skip because I had this meal. What I'm eating right now is a step towards recovery and to have a healthy lifestyle again to feel normal, I guess.
1: Do you think that the process that you go through now with the brain games that our minds love to play, do you think it's easier now the more that you've been able to talk about it, you've been able to blog about it than you had previously earlier in your
2: life? Yes. Or you kind of held it all in and yeah, I think so. Being able to hear from other people, knowing that what I'm saying is very relatable, it makes me feel more sane and where I'm able to actually stop my thoughts and where I'm actually able to question what my thoughts are, how my thoughts are lying and stuff like that. Because it's always real to me and it's real to everybody, but it's nice to hear from people like I think the same way, but then you have professionals where like, this is not a healthy thought or this is not reality where you're able to like stop that and say, this is not a a realistic thought or a healthy thought.
0: I love that you also like in your little thought process that you shared, you start off with having one thought, then you tell yourself like what you should be thinking and why, and giving yourself affirmations of like, you can eat three meals a day after eating this, like you can do this. And like self-talk is a a powerful tool. And I love hearing that. And I'm sure you have so many other moments where you have to talk yourself into a different thought process so that was amazing i love that well
2: thank you i didn't realize i was doing that so it's kind of cool that
0: you 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 wouldn't realize (laughs) it it's just your brain that's how it works like that's how you my brain works (laughs) if you close your eyes and had no fear whatsoever about basically anything how would you want to share your story like in the future what kind of platform would you want you seem to be a uh, wanting to be in some way, some kind of leader or guider of someone else going through this. So how do you feel like you, without any fears or limitations, what would you, what would be your best idea?
2: As much as it scares me, I would want to be a public speaker. Like I would hope my story would inspire others to start their recovery journey or to just be recovered. Being recovered is an option. A lot of people in the eating disorder world don't think it is. And obviously I'm not at the recovered spot yet completely. Um, but I know it's a possibility. And I just want to give people hope. And if sharing my story does that, then I would more than happy to fight all my fears and do it.
0: You got to get you a TikTok. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't this where everybody's um, sharing their stories? Is it? I don't know. I don't have TikTok. Oh. So
1: <laughs> you don't right now, but you know.
0: <laughs> it's probably coming. <laughs> I do say TikTok is something that if you felt like you were open to it, it could be a way, a good platform to share your stories and have people ask questions and educate. I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna push you into that one. (laughs) You can decide that on your own. But That's interesting though. That's a good that's a good I've thought about getting TikTok, then I get Oh, you thought about it. See? I'm not that I have that I have that I just didn't know what I would post, I guess. You say you wanna be a speaker about this. You really do share it very well. Like I think just from having this conversation with you now, like it feels like you'd be amazing at it. You're, you have good speech way better than me trying to figure out which English terminology to use. But I think that would be a really good thing. Get you on a Ted talk. You get invited to a (gasps) Ted talk and you know that it is the biggest opportunity of your life, but how bad do you freak out (laughs) for the six months of waiting? (laughs) I would,
2: I my brain is starting to like stop right now. <laughs> is it worth it <laughs> at the, at the end, end of the day? day.
0: Yes. Is, is it even worth it?
2: In Augusta, I've spoken to Augusta's University's medical students. The first year I did it four years in a row with my therapist. He teaches in one of their classes. And every year he would tell me, the first time he told me like two weeks in advance. So like I spent two weeks panicking in my head, like it was awful. And then finally, like he learned. So each year he would like do it. I don't know if he meant to do this, but each year it was like shorter and shorter. And I was like, this
0: is good, but bad because I don't have time to think about what I want to say. Oh my God, this is completely unrelated, yeah. yet so related at the same time. But I was at the dentist yesterday and he was about to give me my numbing shot, which let's just say oh. it does not feel so good. I'm just getting this pain right now, just thinking of this story. And right before he was about to stick it in, He started asking my husband a question about like scheduling another appointment for later. And then he left the room, went to the secretary, started asking her some questions, came back in, started asking. And the whole time I was like, can you just please stick me with that needle? Because we could have been done by now. And the whole wait was just so intense (laughs) that it would have just been done like quick, bam, stick it in. But yeah, some basically the same thing as what you were saying. Just get over it. Completely. Completely the same. That is awesome
1: eating disorders are legit a thing. And I, I wouldn't say that I really know anyone who has one. And I kind of am sad to say that because I just think that they definitely do. And they just haven't talked about it even to this day, because I'm older, like they just do not talk about it. But sometimes you can tell that something's up and sometimes you just Try to put on your blinders, like, well, if they don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. And then it becomes awkward. Nobody's talking about it. And I think that was like that older mentality that I grew up with. So nobody talked about it. And now it's a whole different game out there. Now I'm like, get all the info out there. Like tons
2: of people want to know because it's relatable. It is. And it's still like that. I feel like sometimes really you just don't talk about it. It's not appropriate to talk about it. It's awkward. Like, why do you think this way? You're kind of crazy. And it's true, but it needs to be. I think not normalizing it because that's not a good word. Um,
0: It's an overused word.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Bringing light to it and letting people know that it's, that they are not alone, even though their thoughts are wrong. Like it's still a realistic thought
0: and it's a real thought that you're having and you can fight that, fight it. You don't have to listen to it. Yes. And you said like, you don't want to normalize it, but something that Audrey and I try to do is to have as many conversations about as many things ever. So we can normalize talking about things. So yes. like well, we hope that people will share stories that they wouldn't necessarily share to on their Facebook pages or things like that, because it's not normal in their families to talk about certain heavier things.
1: I don't talk about anxiety other than on my podcast. Yeah. And I've, had it my whole life and didn't know it until eight years ago when I went to the doctors and went in to talk about one thing and then came out with two prescriptions. Like God, how messed up am I? <laughs> like
0: I'm like the same level of anxiety. Just my doctors are not that nice. I walk in there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really anxious, and they're like, okay, here, drink some water, take some melatonin. I'm like, okay, where's these pills everybody keeps getting from the <laughs> where's these anti anxiety medications y'all keep talking about. <laughs>
1: You get anxiety taking an anti-anxiety med. I Google, I'm the one that gets the pamphlet at the pharmacy. It reads the whole darn thing. And then by the time I'm done with it, it takes me two more weeks to contemplate on whether or not I'm going to take that med because I read all the side
2: effects on it. Mm -mm -mm. It's hard to take it too. And like At least the ones that I take make me tired. I have two kids. I can't get tired. (laughs) So either I'm going to be super anxious and then exhausted by the end of the day because my brain is... Just keeps going, or I'm gonna be exhausted but happy because I'm not constantly overthinking
0: things. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely do some things to relax my anxiety that makes me tired. (laughs) So it's like, do I choose the old natural route? Yeah, and I, I feel like either I want to be anxious and awake. Uh, Who wants that? Or to be exhausted (laughs) and lazy and calmer, but then you're anxious about the fact that you're lazy and (laughs) and tired. It doesn't stop. <laughs>
1: yes, It does. It definitely doesn't. But it is a brain game. That's why I say to myself all the time, this is just a brain game. What you're thinking isn't really true. There's no really real basis behind it. It's going to go away. And then an hour goes by and I'm like, I
0: still didn't take my medication. I still have the same thought process. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Just take the medication. You're going to be fine. It's like a brain game plus patience, because, you know, some like whether or not there's a true reason behind it. It's still a legitimate feeling. So it's like you play the game, but when you don't win the game, it's okay. Like that's where the patience kicks in and you're like, okay, I'm going to forgive myself for this. I do love how open and honest you are on your blog. Again, anyone listening can click the link in the description to sh- to look at just raw and honest stories that she has to share. And you can hear, see things about like anxiety as well. I would definitely recommend reading up on the different topics that you talked about, you're like a whole buffet of re- relatable things because so, somebody in listening relates to at least one of the things that you talked about.
2: I like how you said buffet because it made me, it just made me chuckle because anorexia and buffet don't go. To- <laughs> I know,
0: I know, I know. I, I even thought about this and then I was, because well, the original one was candy shop. It's like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> so I switched it to buffet because I realized it could be a buffet of I, salads. I oh love it Lisa. It's What's hilarious. Happening? This is what you got to do. You got to oh, yeah. make it light. Because everything could be ironic at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it yes, Talk about buffets. I mean. Oh.
1: It's more like the three of us pulling up to a potluck. Like, what do you bring in? I'm, not, <laughs> I'm like, not
0: pulling up to that. I do the. No. fucking <laughs> Depression, social anxiety, plus buffets, <laughs> yes. and then worse comes to worse, you end up walking on the wrong side. Like everybody's walking and <laughs> the table, <laughs> and you find yourself coming on the wrong one. Everybody looks at you like you're cutting the line. <laughs>
1: Hey, you you gotta know, are, do you. are you really cutting the line? Or are you just setting the tone for a new direction? You know, there's two exactly. ways to look at everything. You're a transcenter.
0: <laughs> like, Let's do it both ways.
1: Right. Like equal
0: opportunity. Isn't that what we're all about? Yes. Well, I, I love this. I love this conversation. And I know we definitely going to have to chat more as your TikTok career and your life <laughs> to fame <laughs> and takes off when we
1: talked earlier um, when Hodassa had actually mentioned it and I wrote it down, you know, there's hero on the home front. So that would be your husband. And again, so honorable that he does that. So we thank him greatly, but also the hero at home, which is you. And so, you know, everybody gets to be their own hero. And I just want to make sure that you remember that you're a hero too in that you're, you're holding down, Everything at home while he's holding everything down on the home front, meaning you know whatever it is, if it's the country or wherever you know he's going for. So just so you thank know, you're you. you're
2: not alone. <laughs> I always feel awkward when people thank you for like um, stuff like that. So I'm like, it's just it's life. Like I mean, it's, it's your life. Husband, it's normal so. to you,
0: but other people can see the strength and the beauty of it from you know what you. <clears throat> would have to go through in order to have that to be your normal life and I do want to say that being a hero doesn't make you a vigilante or like bulletproof heroes <laughs> don't always like they they might do things really well but I mean they, they get bruised <laughs> you know what I mean like you don't have to look like a hero to be a hero like and not, I mean, I mean you look great I'm not saying that you don't look like a hero <laughs> I'm just saying that like I know you might be having doubts in your head like oh well but if they just knew about, you know, me throwing the chair against the window last night, which I'm not saying you did either, but like, whenever- I did not do that y'all, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, we all have our moments. So like, I want you to believe it when, when she was saying that you're a hero, like it, heroes also throw chairs metaphorically. So <laughs> allow yourself to throw a chair or, yes, or that's my plastic. biggest thing
2: is I need to allow myself to be proud of myself.
0: Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. So. You will, you will, because when you're banking the money off of TikTok, you're I'm just kidding. All right. Where can everybody find you on like social media? I don't know if you want to share it.
2: I have a Instagram for my blog. I think it's home is where your boots are. Okay, I'm wait, actually follow. so at home is where your boots are, I believe. Uh, I try and post a lot, but then life happens. Like I move across the country and then I don't post for a while. Uh, I also my blog, I try and update monthly, but sometimes life gets in the way and then tiktok obviously i'm gonna to have to be, be better at if i'm gonna get all famous
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to figure out a good name okay we're gonna have a business meeting later on this week What are we plan yeah. i'm just i'm just joking more I,
1: like her tiktok comes out to the the boots are coming off
0: <laughs> oh i know it's gonna be something about boots. she's gonna make that in somehow we just want to thank you like i know it's not easy to just hop on some you random zoom call and just answer questions that you have no preparation for so you did amazing thank, thank you thank you
2: thank y'all for having me on of course i just and- sound like cool hey everybody
1: my name is josh nichols and i'm a professional therapist that comes on the podcast from time to time to chat it up with hadassah and adra about all things mental health relational health and really any other therapy related or people related topics But I'm also here to answer your questions, so I hope that you'll submit those to the podcast. I try real hard to put out quality content on social media, so I'd really appreciate it if you'd head on over to Facebook and Instagram and find me by searching my handle at Mr. Nicholsworth. I look forward to connecting with you.
0: We just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We just want to remind you that... You can go on Apple Podcasts and you can give us a rating on there. That's like the best way to kind of help us. Um, If you can do it, we would appreciate that. We put out episodes every Thursday. So you can set your notifications on or you can follow or subscribe to the podcast in order to get notifications when the episodes are out.
1: You can find us on social media at abitabovepod or email us at abitabovepod at gmail.com.
0: We'll see you next week. Bye.